0: Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
1: Happy first Friday and welcome into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs with you for the first hour. Coming up in hour two, Tyvus Powell will join us on the program live here, right? At the Cross Country Mortgage Campus.
2: He will be in studio here
1: in about an hour. In about an hour. Uh, But... You know, here we are on a Wednesday the Browns making another move official today, saying that they have officially re-signed linebacker Anthony Walker Jr., who is now with the Browns will be with the Browns for his third consecutive season after initially joining the team as an unrestricted free agent in 2021. He led the Browns in tackles that year, last year he was voted a team captain and started the first three games before that quad injury against the Steelers on Thursday night forced him to miss the remainder of the season walker in his career 73 games 63 starts 463 tackles 4.5 sacks three interceptions two fumble recoveries and a forced fumble as well and not to mention great player on the field great guy off the field and we're going to be talking with him in just a second here but give owner's meetings yesterday and we'll talk about this more later uh down in the at the biltmore down in arizona our owners talked a lot yesterday about a new stadium, what that might look like, renovating the downtown area there. They talked about Deshaun Watson. They talked about the direction of this football team. Uh, I thought it was a very newsworthy meeting that they had with the media and some interesting stuff. It sounds like right now those who are saying there's no place like Dome, it, it, it doesn't sound positive on that front, but it also wasn't a definite no. But it did feel like that's going to be a little
2: bit uh, a tougher task
1: going forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot can happen. I think they're still looking into all their options, is what it sounds like. They're doing their due diligence. I mean, last week uh, you were out on Friday. Denver's doing the same thing, sending questionnaires to their season ticket holders and doing as much work as they can to determine what direction they might want to go. And I think the Haslam's – Uh, To their credit and to the people in this building that that run the show on a daily basis, everybody's doing their due diligence to make sure they get it right and and make sure that whatever option is the best option is is the one that, you know, gives gives us what we need. Yeah, I think that you look at,
1: you know, from a stadium standpoint, the best option obviously would be to have a dome. I mean, I think from a city standpoint, from an event standpoint, from all the things that you can have, Look at senior swag coming in here. It's just kind of like a little bit of pink. He's got the Travis Scott's on. It's just Wednesday. Stop it. He won't stop it. Uh, a dome is in isolation. If everything else was was being equal... That's what you would want to have. But everything is not equal. The costs associated with it, the difficulties associated with it, and all of that. But let's go to something that is a wonderful thing and that is a done deal. And that's Anthony Walker Jr. back on the Cleveland Browns. He joins the show now via the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. AWOC, what's up, man? Congrats. Welcome back. You know I am thrilled to have you back here with the Cleveland Browns.
3: What's
4: going on, my guy? Yeah, nah, I know you guys. Uh, you know, you guys know I'm happy to be back um, in Cleveland. Uh, you know, like you said, a lot of unfinished business to take care of, and I'm happy to be back. Well, we're happy to have you. Uh, let's Before we kind of get into the whole journey that led
1: to this moment, I do want to ask you, you know, what did it mean to you to see so many of your teammates take to social media and basically demand that you were back, say, we need – A walk back the love that you got from your teammates because you know I, I remember Jacoby Brissett you know last year saying something that really struck me and he said at the end of the day in this business of course you want to win but the one thing that you hope to earn and that can never be taken away from you is the respect of your peers and you sir most certainly have the respect of your peers
4: yeah I think you just hit it um the respect of your peers uh you know I think that's the you know, obviously, you want to win. You want to win Super Bowls. You want to, you know, be the best player that you can be, obviously. And that's what comes with, you know, the game. Um, but you also, like you said, the respect of your peers, the respect of your teammates. Um, you know, you know, I always tell people, you know, Super Bowl and being named the captain by your peers is one of the, you know, two greatest things you know that could happen in this sport. Um, and that's because, like the like you said, the respect that uh, that you have to earn, and that's a daily thing. Um, So I take pride in that. I take pride in, you know, showing up every day, uh, doing the little things right. And, um, you know, it's great that my teammates um, see it every day and they they acknowledge it and, you know, just respect me enough to, you know, want me back on the team. Um, You know, obviously, like you said, it's uh, it's a process, like it's a business and, you know, you got to go through certain loopholes and stuff to get back to this point. But, um, you know, I'm always happy to be back with my guys. And they're happy to have you back,
1: as it was clearly well documented. What was what were some of the things that your teammates reached out and said to you once it was official that you were coming back?
4: Yeah, well, um, I see. I'm actually seeing Martin Emerson every day, so uh, <laughs> he was nice. uh, really ecstatic. Um, he's uh, in Miami, down in Miami, training with me, um, so he was excited. Um, obviously, Greg Newsom, you know, somebody that I, you know, really. You know, just I, I mean, obviously going to the same college and you know spending so much time together here. Um, you know, he was excited and JOK, um, the annoying little brother. <laughs> Ooh, that, that's my guy, though, man. He's uh, he, he he was um, really ecstatic as well. So um, you know, like you said, just you know, the respect of your teammates, the you know, the respect of your peers. Um, it really it really showed in that moment.
1: Yeah, even Perrion was out there. And, you know, Perrion's a vocal guy in his support of you, a Mm -hmm. young guy that I think would do very well following in your footsteps of how you approach the game. He's a very talented young man. All right, Awok, let's talk about this last year for you. I thought you were playing some of the best football, if not the best football of your career early on. The unfortunate Mm -hmm. injury comes. You have to be on the sidelines, but you were still so involved with your team once you were able to even be out there, able to stand again and be able to walk around. You know, what was that year like for you personally? First time that you've kind of gone through, at least at this level, that kind of adversity, being on the sidelines, what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about your love of the game?
4: Um, I think you, you know, you hit it on the head. It goes back, um, you, I mean, in any level, this is the first time I've had a season ending, you know, injury where I, 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 missed, you know, the last 14 games of the season. Um, that was tough. I learned a lot about myself mentally, um, you know, especially those first couple of days after surgery, um, you know, one of the, some of the hardest days of my life, um, just, you know, being in there, uh, after surgery in the hotel room, just like, you know, watching, watching practice, watching tape, like, you know, I'm not out there and then realizing that I'm not going to be out there for the rest of the year. Um, you know, it, it definitely, it humbled me a lot, um, you know, be able to, you know, obviously, like you said, playing some really good football, um, you know starting to come around as a team, I thought that Pittsburgh game, you know, was kind of putting us over that, taking that next yeah. step in the right direction. Um, you know, and then, you know, I get hurt and I, I just feel, you know, I felt like I let the team down. Um, you know, I, I pride myself on, you know, being able to do, be durable and all that stuff and take care of my body. Um, and I wasn't able to do that, you know, and I had to miss a full, a full season. Um, so, again, like I said, humble me. But it also gave me a different perspective. Uh, you know, you sit back and you're able to watch the game from a different view. And I, you kind of almost use it as a red shirt year, um, like in college. Yep. So um, this is pretty much like the second one I've had in the NFL outside of my rookie year um, where I just got to sit back and, you know, watch the game a little bit. Um, you know, just watch my teammates and listen to the coaches and all that stuff and get a different perspective of the game. Um, obviously, the love of the game, you know, is it, it, there, you know. <laughs> Yeah. It's, uh, But I think the, the passion for the game goes up a little bit yeah. more um, because you're able to watch it from a different point of view. Um, you know, I was able to spend time um, in the offensive side of, the, um, side of, of meetings, uh, spend time with the quarterbacks and Coach Kevin and all that stuff, um, and just get a different perspective. I, I appreciate them allowing me to do that as well, um, just to kind of, you know, evolve my game a little bit more. So um, that, that was all cool and everything, but I, obviously you'd rather be playing at the end of the day you play football you know you rather be out there with your teammates going through the ups and downs of a season and you know hopefully putting yourself in that position to help your team win the super bowl and i wasn't able to do that last year so to be able to come back with these guys and uh put that you know put that year kind of behind me now and just work on getting better getting healthier and you know going out there with my guys and you know you know let's uh See what happens, you know, you 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 have high expectations, that's just what it is. You know, you want to win a Super Bowl. That's not yeah. something that you shy away from. You want to win a Super Bowl. You play this game to win and uh that's that's our goal. That's always going to be our goal. Um and you aim high and hopefully you get there and then that's our that's our goal for this year. So, you know, let's just see what happens.
1: Absolutely. All right. You dropped some awesome nuggets right there. So you got to spend time in offensive meetings with Kevin Stefanski. And I had imagined as a, a Mike linebacker, that was probably pretty invaluable. What surprised you maybe in the way that offenses go about their business in attacking a defense or what's something that you learned that you think will really help you on the field this year?
3: Yeah,
4: well, um, obviously, you know, Coach Kev always likes to uh, – you know, say some smart comments when I'm when I'm in the in the meeting room. So, uh, <laughs> when he he'd uh, always say like, "Oh, if, uh, number five was right there. We definitely throw that right there. We're definitely running the ball right there." But <laughs> um, no, just a different perspective, um, different uh, viewpoint, if that makes sense. You know, as a defensive player, you you know you try to you know you, you want to assume where your weakness is, and obviously that's where the offense wants to attack. But you know when you you know listening to the quarterbacks, listening to Deshaun and Jacoby, um, and then Coach Kev and AVP, all those guys talk. Um, you know you're understanding that they see the game very similar to you. And you know okay, this is the coverage that they're in. This is the weakness of the coverage. You know let's get our let's get our athletes the ball in space, or let's get you know how can we attack this coverage or whatever. So same thing that we're doing on defense. Like you know we understand that this is the coverage that we're running. This is the weakness of it. So the ball most likely is going to be going there. You know, we have to be ready yeah. to attack before they before they attack us. And those are some great great meetings. man. I enjoyed that. It was, it was really like bet, said, invaluable for me.
1: I bet that was fun. I bet it was great for them, too, because they, in real time, could say, hey, if we come out in this formation and do this shift, you as the mic, how are you reacting to that? You know, so I bet there was probably yeah, some pretty no good doubt. back and forth in that regard.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, just like you said, just that that back and forth, that 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 football dialogue that you you know, it's just invaluable. You you never take that for granted. Um, I think that's one of the things that attracted me to football. I think since at a very young age, my dad really was a big X's and O's guy, and I became the same way um, really fast. So to hear it at the elite level um, from one of the best and uh, Coach Kev um, is really is really special. So we got
1: two new guys uh, in the coordinator ranks. One of whom you're very familiar with, and the other one I don't know as much. If there's any history with you, got you and Jim Schwartz, but I'm sure you know guys who have played for him. Obviously, you spent some time in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what is are your first impressions of Jim Schwartz, and and how do you see this defense evolving?
4: Yeah, um, you know, anytime a coach, you know, comes with the 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 decorated career that he has uh you have nothing but respect um for him and what he's going to bring to the team um you know we understand that we uh, we we have a lot of we have a lot of great, good pieces that or great pieces that we that we had and that we've added and um but at yep. the end of the day it doesn't matter if we don't go out and execute the defense and you know do our job um to help our team win so at the end of the day I talked about super bowl and championship and we understand that defense does that. Defense wins championships, and we have to be on our P's and Q's this year.
1: You obviously were around Bubba Ventrone in Indianapolis. I got a chance, the first time that I got to meet him, I wasn't with the Browns yet when he, his last year, I think we missed each other by one season. What it, I loved talking with him, a guy who looks like he could still go out there and play, but you know, what will he bring to special teams, which is a, obviously a very valuable piece of it, but you know, a former player, a guy who played it in the league for a decade because of what he's able to do on special teams and now leading that unit, somebody you knew from Indy.
4: Yeah, don't don't tell him that he looks like he can play. He's definitely going to take that to the bank and you know tell us <laughs> that every day. So
1: all right, I'll keep that on the wrap.
4: But no, nah, man, because nah, Bubba, he's a great coach. Um, you know, obviously playing three years with him in Indy. Um, you know, the importance of special teams and the the way that they change the game. Um, you, you talk about New England. Um, you know, and how he was able to you know play, have such a long career. And but I mean, if you talk about you know winning ways and you know the winning culture that New England had um I mean used to always mess around and say like uh you know they didn't always win games because of Tom Brady don't get me wrong now he, he won a lot of those games but there are yeah. a couple games each year where the special teams made a made a play a block punt here or uh a kickoff return touchdown or punt return touchdown or you know some plays by sure. the defense as well so you put yourself in a in a, in a special position when you can win three or four games and you know, obviously, in the playoffs, it comes down to it as well. But when you can make a couple plays, game-changing, season-changing plays uh, on special teams, and that's what Bubba brings. Um, you know, known for having a very elite special teams unit, very physical. Um, let him tell you he'll run through a wall right now. Yep. Um, I think he tried to tell us a story. When I was in Indy, I didn't believe him. But, you know, somebody from the Browns organization kind of confirmed it, that uh, he, uh, they, it was the last game of the season he broke his finger and he told him to cut it off so he can go back in. I told him I thought he was just joking, but I guess it was true. <laughs>
1: He's like Ronnie Lott. Unbelievable story from yeah. Anthony Walker Jr., our guest right now, back with the Browns. walk when you when you're a linebacker and you see your team go out and get a Dalvin Tomlinson, a three hundred, you know, twenty plus pounder who can get after the quarterback, who can play the run, what does that do for your unit at the second level?
4: Yeah, I think you you put yourself in a position um to be to be very successful. Um, you know that attacking style that Coach Shorts like to run. Yep. Um, you add the pieces that we had that we've added. Um, like you said, you talked about a guy like DT. Um, obviously a guy that we had like Miles and Double uh, O Seven is what he called calling himself with new number seven now. I like so that. Double O Seven. You had some good pieces. You you know you got the um, linebacker room. You know we we're st- we we got we still have some you know work to do in there as far as us getting ourselves right. You know a lot of guys coming back from injury. Um, and we have to take that next step as a unit. And that starts with me, myself as well, um, you know, taking that next step, um, you know, as a, as a player, as a leader and all that stuff. So um, I think we, we put ourselves in a good position, though. And I think with that distance, like like you said, we added all that stuff. It, it, it sounds really, really great. It looks really, really great. Um, but at the end of the day, we got to put the work in as a unit, as a team, um, Each each position group. Uh, We all got to put the work in and, uh, you know, when that that time comes and we got to be ready to go. Um, I think we put ourselves, like I said, we put ourselves in a good position, you know, on on both sides of the ball, um, you know, offense, defensively, special teams, I think we've added some great pieces, uh, but we still got to go out there and get it done. And um, that's kind of my focus right now. I love the pieces, don't get me wrong, but the work has to be done.
1: The work's got to be done. And then the key is the execution. And part of that is being sound. And, you know, Last year, we had a problem with that, right? We had a problem with being sound. And I think it became even more exacerbated when you went out of the lineup. But, you know, when you think about your defenses in Indy, which were some of the best in the league at that time, they were just sound. How do we get this defense to be more sound? And I know that's something I'm sure Jim Schwartz is going to work on and you and all the guys are going to take accountability to get get tidied up. But, you know, if we can eliminate what you'd call kind of, you know, those catastrophic mistakes – this has mm-hmm. got a chance to be a very very special defense
4: yeah i think any every team um goes in in the season and before every game it says we're not going to beat ourselves you yep. know and that's the ultimate i mean at the end of the day it's hard enough to go i i remember you know coach frank saying that if you if you if you don't beat yourself and you don't you know turn the ball over you don't get penalties and all that stuff you give yourself a good shot to go eight and eight Right, and this was in the 16-game season. You give yourself a shot to go 8-8. Eight and eight. And then if you make some plays and all that, now you got a shot to be 10-6 and six and 11-5 and five and all that stuff. So you don't want to beat yourself because that's you lose games already. You know, and in most teams in the NFL, you don't really win a game. You just you, you, you lose games before you win them. You know, you yeah. don't want to do that. So defensively, we got to be sound in everything that we do. And that's tackling. That's the fundamentals of the game. That's tackling, not jumping off sides. Uh, being in the proper spot for coverage and all that stuff and just make plays. I think we have the ty- the guys to make plays now is just doing it every time and being fundamentally sound. And, and it's the NFL guys are going to make plays on us as well. But I think if we can do it, you know, better than we have in the past, um, I think we have a chance to be an elite defense. But again, it starts with not beating ourselves. How are you physically? Are you ready to go? Or are you going to be able to do the whole off season program? Uh, we'll see. Um, I- I'm turning in the right direction um you know we'll see the, the 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 plan that you know the training staff has for me um as far as getting ready to go but at the end of the day you know we we want to be ready to go in september sure. so um you know but i i am I, I will be full go for a training camp for sure
1: perfect dude awok it is always a pleasure to see you enjoy your time down in miami training give mj emerson our regards as well and just Fantastic news that you are back with the Browns. And in many ways you feel like the heart and soul of that side of the football and you could tell from the respect of your teammates, the respect of our fans, you know, that that everybody is thrilled that you're a Cleveland Brown once again. So congrats, welcome back, and can't wait to see you back out on the field and making plays that hopefully can lead this team, like you said, to the playoffs, to the Super Bowl, to winning the ultimate prize in this sport.
4: No, no doubt, my guy. I appreciate you guys having me. You
1: got it, man. The great Anthony Walker Jr. Browns linebacker back for year three and I think an important signing the Browns made a lot of you know what I would call re-signings in this free agency period POSIC AWOC Taki Taki. I think they're all important and I love getting a walk back. Just I think a leader on the defense. I think you saw how much it hurt our defense when he was out last year. I know that he's working his butt off to get back and and I think it's going to be it, it's, it's exciting to have him back. I think that I speak for all Browns fans when I say we're all happy that Anthony Walker Jr. is back because he's a guy that he does it the right way every single time. He's a good leader. He's accountable. He plays hard and he plays well. He was one of the highest graded linebackers in football prior to his injury last year. And it's just, I think it was very unfortunate for him and also then for the Cleveland Browns when he went down.
2: I will not forget last year. He goes down, and on Monday, you said it on this show. Like, not sure this team can overcome this loss. This is going to be one of the toughest injuries to overcome. Because what he means to the team in the locker room yep. and on the football field. Yeah,
1: it's true. And, and I think that, you know, he talked about, you know, his annoying little brother, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. It took JOK a few games and, in fact, really more until kind of like Deion Jones got in the mix for him to get his level of play back up because AWOC was so instrumental in in helping him see the right things when they were on the field together. But I, I think it's great that Anthony Walker Jr. is back. Um It sounds like, you know, for sure, full go for training camp. We'll see about the offseason. Look, get the guy ready for September. That's what I care about. We need him when we're playing games. But, you know, for Jason Tarver to have that room back is certainly a pretty cool thing there for Anthony Walker Jr. And for the Cleveland Browns. All right. When we come back here on the show, we're going to have the news of the day. We'll talk a little bit about WrestleMania. That's where I'm going as well. Uh, Tomorrow Down to L.A. to see the Miz for a little WrestleMania, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, We also have, from the owners' meeting, some big news coming around about the league, some rule changes, and then also something that they will not be doing, which I loved. Uh, Roger Goodell dropping that. And then 2 o'clock hour, we're joined live in studio by Tyvus Powell. So we got a lot coming your way. All right. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. (laughs)
0: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone as the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at barkingbackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for. Dogs. All right. We had Anthony Walker Jr. on to open the show. If you missed it, check it out. I thought it was pretty cool. First time that I think I've ever seen this or heard that he was able to sit in on offensive meetings, learn more about that side of the ball, so give some real-time feedback to them from a defensive linebacker's perspective. I thought that was pretty cool.
2: I thought that was really eye-opening. Yeah. and, and I mean, I don't know if it was because he was hurt or not, but I mean, players crave information. I mean, it's, it's, it's why you have the analytics. It's why, you know, you watch and study tape. You look for every advantage that you can get. And uh, why not? And why not sit in on some of the offensive meetings? I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Like, the more both sides can know about one another, the better prepared you'll be when you face another team.
1: Exactly. And, and it, I just think – I thought it was very cool – uh, to hear that and to get to learn that. Uh, I still think, you know, you look at this defense, I think the strength is the cornerback room. I, I like the secondary in general. I think the starting five, to your point, is very good there. But you got Miles, now you got Dalvin Thompson, you got 007 up front, uh, and, and you've got a, a complete linebacker room that if you don't lose four of them is going to be in good shape even if there is an injury or two. I, I think this defense has a chance to be very good. so why I talked to him about being sound. Why this team, if they are sound – we are going to be tough to beat. If we do not give up easy chunk plays, we are going to be t- we're going to be tough. We're going to be tough to move the football on because we should be stouter against the run, we can cover, and we can get after the quarterback. And that's, those are the three ingredients.
2: Absolutely. I, and I think that defensively, <clears throat> remember last year at this time, everybody kept saying they're going to be the best defense. Like they're, they're one of the top NFL defenses. There, there's not that rhetoric right now. It, it's a show me. To take a page out of my book. You got to show me. And, well, I mean, I think everybody in that locker room on that side of the ball knows that and understands that.
1: I think that's fair. And and I think that, right, if this team wants to do what we all wanted to do, it's not going to be just that Deshaun Watson has recaptured the form of how good he was when he was with Houston Texan and, and the glimpses that we saw in those six games last year. It's that we're a complete football team, that there are going to be games where our offense is going to be in a shootout. there to be games where the offense, you know, needs the defense to come up with a stop here or there, and they do. There'll be games where the defense wins. So you talked about New England, games where special teams with Bubba Ventrone. They make a play that helps us win it. So this is uh, – we have a chance to be a very complete football team, uh, and AWOC, I think, really hit the nail on the head. You are correct, Gibbets, This is my last day this week. I head to L.A. for WrestleMania tomorrow. What's the weather like there? Terrible right now. It, Rainy everywhere. It's my, every, uh, but
2: my, my my one buddy just got back from Vegas. He said it was 36 degrees when he took off on Monday morning.
1: So while we're there, uh, like tomorrow it's gonna rain in the morning, but then be nice in the afternoon. Hopefully we'll get to chase a small ball around with my guy, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday are sunny, no rain, and then Monday. Sunny and maybe a little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of rain there, but we have like the whole day, and then we're taking you know the red eye back, so we'll have Monday to go out there. I think uh, Miss K wants us to go to Sir, which is the restaurant from Vanderpump Rules, to see if we can see any shenanigans. That's I right. mean, all right, why not? If you're coming to see some wrestling, you get to you get to call some shots <laughs> as well. So, we're,
2: will you be ringside? Will we see you ringside?
1: Uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Not this year because, Mike, that would happen if, if Miz had a match, but he does not have a – he's he's the host of WrestleMania, so maybe there's a segment that we might get to go down there for, but my guess is probably not.
2: Okay. What What do you mean by he's the host? He's the host
1: of WrestleMania. That's kind of the role that they've that they've put him in. He's, he's the wrestle, the host, so he'll come come out. I'm sure he'll be the first person to come out, introduce and welcome people to WrestleMania. I'm sure he'll end up having some type of a thing with some legends. So he'll kind of be woven throughout the show would be my guess. So it's good to go. Good way for him to stay in a marquee spot, even though he's not in necessarily a marquee match.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. It, well, that sucks he's not actually wrestling. I, yeah. I mean, is he bummed by that? <laughs> uh
1: i think that because he still gets to be like he's been heavily featured in the promotion he's had big stuff leading up he's gonna have big stuff at the show and he doesn't have to take any bumps or i'm sure he'll take a bump or two but he's probably thrilled with that
2: yeah yeah, yeah. so what what is the and i saw the wwe hall of fame Rey mysterio yeah the great muda yep stacy kiebler stacy Keebler, yeah and the Kaufman. roadman kenny Rhoda, maybe the favorite his favorite uh, of all time? actress of all time. I once broke bread with her in in Vegas. She came down to the nice old lady. WKNR studios in Braview Heights. Oh man! And I was like, "Can going get a letter?" Leave. Very <laughs> very kind lady. Unbelievably so nice. Yeah,
1: she's the first person. Uh, she introduced quino- quinoa to me. Really. really? Yeah. We went out at the restaurant we were at in Vegas. They had a quinoa spaghetti and she got that. I'm like, what is quinoa? And then, so she told me very kind Andy Kaufman also yeah. going in RIP, but yes, if he, I told my friends, I said, if he was going in for real, if he was with us, I would, I would do it. I would, I would go check that out. But no, we're going to have plenty of stuff to
2: do. How many, um, what is the number of, in the delegation coming from Cleveland? Is it the whole crew is normal?
1: No, not the whole crew. A little smaller, me and the big daddy, Scotty Monaco. A little smaller. I think people have new babies in the mix. It's L.A. It is a far way to go. So I think it's just going to be us. And then Vince is coming up because he lives in Cali. So it's going to be great. I can't wait for it. It's two days. This will be my first two-day mania that I've actually been to, which, again, to me is too much. I'd like one day. but. They've got a lot of great matches. Roman Reigns against Cody Rhodes is the, bi- is the main event for the Universal Championship. You've got two great women's championships, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair-, Belair versus Asuka. The tag titles, the Usos against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, which has been part of really the best story there has been uh, in the WWE. Brock Lesnar versus the Giant Omos, which I don't know about that one. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. That'll be awesome. Uh Austin Theory versus John Cena for the United States Championship, that will be awesome. Becky Lynch Lita and Trish Stratus, Trish Stratus is wrestling, which is gonna be that I'm in. In Edge against Finn Balor
2: and a hell in a cell, that will be awesome. Um It's a lot of a lot of stuff. It's a two day but like like you and I were talking about off the air yesterday. I mean, if you're able to sell out a football stadium two consecutive nights. Yeah, that's why they do it.
1: And then Rey Mysterio versus his son at WrestleMania. Like that's pretty cool. Regardless of if you think it's going to be the biggest match ever or whatever, it's going to be pretty cool to see like for Rey Mysterio and probably one of his last matches to get to wrestle his son at WrestleMania. Like that's that's pretty incredible, so.
2: Now, how close are you to the stadium knowing what a pain it is to get in and out of that area?
1: I think we're staying at where where we uh where we stayed
2: downtown yeah Ugh. we're at the yeah we're downtown no police escort rough yeah and
1: normally there's buses that take us and we're not sure on how that's all going to work out but it's going to be fine i mean we're gonna we'll get there we will be it's all about the journey you know it's the experience it's all gotta be the patient journey. patient
2: have yeah. a lot of booze
1: oh yeah vince Andy's already like he's basically bringing us is the lady coming his lady yeah and then, Is this so, her
2: first WrestleMania? Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's
1: it'll be Miss K comes in on Friday. I go Thursday. Vince comes up Thursday, and then and Scotty's there, and then we'll have Friday. Miss K comes in, and then Saturday, Vince's wife comes in along with his daughter and one of her friends. So I told Vince that you better get it all. You got to you're gonna have to be the two <laughs> Vinces. So you're gonna have to be on a little bit better behavior come the weekend. So you might as well get, get after it the first few days. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just so,
2: is, is, does Scotty play golf? No, no. But Vince will play golf.
1: Uh, I think both he and Scotty are more hoping to run around and and just shenanigans. You know, yeah, so. just go ahead and be in the carts and talk trash and enjoy themselves.
2: Fair. Yeah, totally. I mean, fair. if
1: that's how you want to play it, that's fine. Totally fair. Yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, all right. Still to come, we're going to get you the latest from the owners' meetings. As you can see to my left, though, I mean, again, it's beautiful. It's spectacular. It's the Brownstown, Napa Valley. It's the official wine brand and wine club of the Cleveland Browns. The program offers fans a unique way to support their team and community through purchases with proceeds supporting the Cleveland Browns Foundation. So that's cool. Not only are you getting great wine, nice heft right here on the Resolute Reserve cab, but you also are helping support the Cleveland Browns Foundation, which you know, Benefits so many here and around Northeast Ohio club membership options are available to fit various budgets and lifestyles with two shipments of three or six bottles per season delivered in a keepsake vintage Brown's firebranded wooden wine crate, which you see here, beautiful, nice craftsmanship. You can feel that's really etched in there. Uh, members also get exclusive access to limited releases and library wines, as well as discounted access to their online store. So the spring release happening April 2nd, that's Sunday. You can visit Brownstown Napa. .com for more information and to sign up for the Brownstown Napa Valley Wine Club. That's
2: brownstownnapa.com. All right. You and I talked about it in a break. Yeah. Paulus, I'm officially giving you a heads up. We might take some calls if you're good today if you today. If you, want to, you can bring it. Today.
0: Are you sure? You sure you yeah.
1: want to do this guys? <laughs> you got to screen them.
2: Oh, and if they're course. good,
1: yeah, just let's have some fun.
2: I don't all mind all right. it. I might give the people a little bit of a voice, seeing what they're doing. about. Tyvis will be on. You can you can ask Tyvis some questions. There you go, folks. Call sure. in. All right, buckle up. Uh, you know, we'll see how long we can actually go.
0: Uh, if we make it Paulist, through two we calls, start drinking now. It, I was going to say, if we make it through two calls, Gibbs, without you know using <laughs> the dump button, we're going to be thrilled over here.
2: Exactly.
1: Yes, it's going to be fine. There will be no dumb button. I am counting on all of you out there. Okay, be on your best behavior, and we can have fun with this. Otherwise, we shut it down. So, it's on you. How good do you want this to be? How much fun do you want to have? That's what we'll do. Hour number two, we will take some calls. Clean Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Be a part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to cleanbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050. That's 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. From the owners meetings, first of all, the one thing that Roger Goodell said that I was the most pumped about, the NFL is not even considering neutral site games For the AFC and NFC championships said they're not, they've never even looked at it. There's never been a discussion about it. Well, there was a lot of people saying that was a discussion last year, but the net net is, and the good news not happening.
2: It was one of the few things that the commissioner and the crew, uh, got right yesterday. There weren't many that were, they got a few things they needed to get right. Um, there's a couple things that had the owners in a little bit of a tiff and I don't blame them. Um, but, uh, yeah, good. AFC-NFC championship game should be at home. That's right. That's Super right. Bowl neutral site, great. It is the best thing that you can
1: have if you are – You should be rewarded. If you are – right. As a, as a fan of a team, that is the biggest game that you can have right now is is the a, to host the AFC or NFC championship game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I, I think it's – I'm so happy about that. The NFL also – We'll take up the discussion of flex scheduling for Thursday night football again in May after not having the votes to approve the league's proposed measure Tuesday.
2: Good. It's ridiculous. This is the one that just The League unlike- wants
1: the leeway to move late season games from Sunday to Thursday with a fifteen day advance notice to assure better matchups for Amazon. Giants co owner John Mayor sounded off at the meeting, calling the proposal really inconsiderate to our season ticket holders and abusive. Yes, that's exactly right.
2: Yeah. Good Goodell came back and he was like, We don't think that at all. Like we're trying to make the products like more consumable, not just for uh, in in stadium, but we have millions of people watching every week, and I'm like, well, that's fine and dandy. Make the Amazon schedule better right from the get-go. Yep. If we're gonna do this, yeah, like, then do that. What we do not need to flex Thursday night games. No, it's outrageous. Awful, and I mean, you're. It's a burden for people that are flying to go see their team on the road. Like, well, what if you had tickets for a Sunday game? And they're like, well, it's 15 days notice. Well, but, like, I can't take Thursday and Friday off or Wednesday off to fly. Like, my flight's Friday to Monday to yep. go see my favorite team on the road. Like, yes. well, what it's are you in, doing here? Yeah,
1: people travel to game. Yeah, it's totally inconsiderate. He's exactly right. It's awful. Um I also don't love the fact that they said owners approved that allowing teams to play on two short weeks during the season means teams can play two Thursday night games on
2: short rest during the 2023 season. I do not need two Thursday night games in my wheelhouse. No. Although, you know what? I would take two Thursday games and no Monday night games. Yeah. Monday nights are the worst. Yeah. (laughs) Thursdays aren't bad for us. Thursdays are bad for the players. It's a quick turnaround. It's bad for the players. It's not ideal for us, but we make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Not not great.
1: No, not great at all. Uh, NF, 25 NFL teams. It was adopted today. One preseason
2: cut down date this year. It'll be August 29th. I think that's fine. I think that's huge. Yeah. For guys trying to make the roster, I mean, it also might mean that we're going to see even less of the impact guys and the starters in the preseason if you're if you've got 90 guys on your roster still. Yeah, that's not ideal, but I mean, I, I didn't I didn't think that was a bad thing. I agree with that.
1: I think that yeah, I think it's it just it's cleaner. It's just everybody gets to be available, and then you make the cut down, and then that's it. So I think you're fine with that. Detroit's proposal on bringing back the third quarterback rule was tabled. Rich McKay said some debate about whether that player could be a practice squad player or only an active roster player to dress on game day with a roster exemption. I I think you got to have it. You can't have what happened in the NFC championship game. Correct. You just can't have that. You can't have it. No. So is it really
2: that big a deal? Figure it out. Right. Come up with something. I'm I'm surprised there wasn't more of a pushback there for that. I agree with you.
1: I, I would think that everybody would want that. Yeah. And they'll probably say, well, if you want that, put, put, have three quarterbacks active on game day and you can do it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. To me, it feels like it's just an easy one and that one that makes a ton of sense. Uh, around the league, Clays Campbell has signed with the Falcons. Uh, and Calvin Ridley, a former Falcon, becomes the first NFL player to take advantage of the new rule and wear the number zero in his return. Uh, to action with the Jags. I, I'm a big Calvin Ridley fan. I think he's a very good player, and I think that he has an opportunity to uh, have a monster year with Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna a going to have it. Go Going
2: back off. to Calais Campbell. Yep. You're signing all these players. You're putting all the, this money into your team. You've got a good defense now. you got some playmakers on offense. I Can someone explain to me, and I know Arthur Blank tried to yesterday, maybe not so great, can someone please get through to them and go, why don't you go take a flyer in a meeting with Lamar Jackson? Well, you think maybe Clay's Campbell says that, but Clay's Campbell is at the end of his career and
1: this feels very much like a win now.
2: Sure. But, like, they go get Bates. You know, you've got a good running game. You've got you've got some playmakers at wide receiver. you got Pitts at tight end. You've got a division that's very, very winnable. Go get Lamar.
1: Yep. 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 I mean, and for Lamar, it makes sense. It just feels pretty clear that you've got a situation where you have the NFL is basically telling Lamar Jackson for the reasons that we laid out that we think you are a a top half of the league quarterback, but we're not ready to mortgage our future for you because we feel like it is an unreliable proposal due to injury concerns and then pocket passing concerns just straight up. And all those teams, by the way, Atlanta, for example, Carolina, for example, teams that have said they're not out, that are out on him, that would have had the ability to get him, all went after Deshaun Watson. So the league clearly views Deshaun Watson is significantly better than Lamar Jackson. I think that is an easy takeaway from everything that's going on. Yes.
2: Yes. I I, I get I get that he won an MVP. He was in 2019. He's 1-3 in, in the playoffs. He... He's played one game in December in two in the last three seasons. Yeah, like you, you, you got to be available. Yeah, I, I that that's that's where I'm at. You got you got to take care of your business on this, and, and I, I think I think Lamar might have he's got unrealistic expectations clearly because no one in the league wants to go anywhere near it. Right, the Ravens have made you a very fair offer. Guaranteed you 130 million. It wasn't good enough for you. Okay, well, well, I mean, I don't know what to tell you here. He's not going to get it. No one else is. Hard part when you want
1: when you let the market set your value. The market sets your value. So obviously, it is it is a very difficult situation uh, for him. Uh, right now, and at, I'm curious to see how this ultimately all plays out. That'll be a lot of fun. All right, when we come, oh, not yet. Well, should we take a quick
2: break and do another quick one, or do you want to? No. So, take did you 30? did you look at these other rules? I, okay. I printed out everything that got approved. Yep. Um, there there were a couple other little things. Okay. Uh, the penalty for tripping is now a personal foul. Yeah, I see that. That was, that one's interesting to me. I mean, the illegal forward pass, I get.
1: I don't even understand what illegally handling the ball forward means. It, I
2: don't, it's a forward pass, is it not? No, it says
1: to make the penalty for legally handing the ball forward consistent with other illegal acts such as illegal forward pass. So I don't know what that means, illegally handling the butt forward. Um, now, they I, changed the definition of launching to leaving with one or both feet. I don't, okay.
2: The competition committee, uh, the claiming period to Monday for players who are waived on Friday and Saturday. That's great, because it used to be Tuesday for every, everybody, so you can get guys in your building quicker.
1: Yeah, interesting. I like that. Yeah, let them get in there, get in the building quicker. There's Tivus who's going to be joining us.
2: Uh, adjust the rules for postseason signings to account for standard elevations rule. Freeze postseason rosters at 4 p.m. on the Wednesday following the last week of the regular season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What does this mean by the Chargers to provide greater clarity as to a player's availability for a game? <laughs> I have.
2: What does that mean? I, I no idea on that one we don't have we don't have a clue the, some of these make absolutely no sense yeah and, and if that's how you're wording it i mean this this is the official memo that came out from the league so i i don't some of these uh, hit or miss but i i thought the fact that tripping's now a personal foul i guess you know we get a video at the start of the year from the league with how they're going to how, what they define as a penalty and what's not. So hopefully we'll get some clarity on some of these.
1: Yeah. Some of these uh, look rules, rules, procedures, procedures. There it is. Yeah. All right. That's our first hour. Second hour, Tyvis Powell in studio. That's coming up next when Cleveland Browns daily brought to you by Ballybet returns.
5: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: All right, hour number two of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. And what a treat, joined in studio by Ohio State legend, <laughs> the great Tyvis Powell.
6: Oh, man, I don't... Legend is I'm, oh, come on. That's a lot. That's a lot. Come I was on. just former Ohio State Buckeye is how I go nowadays. You know, Do you don't even
1: want any adjective.
2: Not former Ohio
6: State Buckeye. Great. No. <laughs> no. 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 I'm how about just a,
2: local high school legend.
1: No. Yep. I'm just a yes. guy. I'm yep. just a guy. Now you
6: no, know those, those days were great when they lasted, but now I'm in the. I'm now in the You're medial. an
1: ascending media, ascending media I superstar. Trying. How about
6: that? I'm trying to. You know, I'm trying to be like Nathan. You know, I, <laughs> I wake up in the morning and I look myself in the mirror and I say how can I be like Nathan a to get a
1: lot less athletic <laughs> that would be the first thing that you'd have to do that'd be the first thing the way to start well dude this is a treat I'm excited because we cross paths all the time but we don't get to do it Correct. together so yes. this will be this will be a lot of fun chopping it up today all right let's just kind of start with you know your thoughts overall off season, what Andrew berry has been able to do with this roster? Well, you know,
6: I thought that this, you know, it wasn't a roster thing. I think the biggest moves that they made this offseason was the coaching changes that they made. You know, obviously, okay. you know, the the defense, you know, with the miles, with, not with the miles, with the Jadavion clowning, sitting out first and sure. second downs and all of that fiasco. And sure. just the way that the defense played, you kind of feel like, you know, Joe Woods maybe lost the pulse of that team a little bit. And then special teams, you know, obviously that thing has been hit or miss. You've had some good returns, but it hasn't never been that solid unit like it once was before. So I think getting those two coaches in there, you know, getting Jim Swartz in there, the guy that's going to hold guys accountable, he's going to change the culture of that defense and have these guys going out there ready to play day in and day out. And then on special teams, you know, to me, when I looked at it, it was just like a play, you know. And that's certain guys get to the NFL and they look at it like – oh, special teams is just one play. But then there's those guys who make their living off of special teams. And I think the Browns have addressed that by going to get Bubba Ventron in there. Who did just that. Exactly. Made his career. So he's going to look at special teams totally different. And he's going to instill that mindset in these players. Like, this ain't just no play. This is the play that can change the game. And then you see them go out there and get some of these free agent acquisitions. You know, the Mike Fords, the uh, Matthew Adams, those guys that actually have made their niche in the NFL by doing special teams. So I think those two hits right there, as far as coaching goes, have been a huge and is going to make a huge impact next year.
1: All right. So let's talk about that a little bit, because you, you hit on something there where you felt like as somebody who played and played in this league that you saw, you know, perhaps that Joe Woods had lost the pole. So I want to ask you from a player perspective, because I think if we all said what was the biggest issue with the Browns defense last year? Blown coverages. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That so was,
6: that in the in the run in the obviously we'll, stopping the run, but we're gonna start, we'll start with, with blown, that. Start with okay. blown coverage. So
1: <laughs> Joe Woods is not designing coverages that are faulty, right? Right. And he's not playing. Correct. So how does that when you say they lost locker? How do you, how do you balance that? Something's. Getting lost in translation, yeah. Because uh, if it happens repeatedly, right? Or the players are not being diligent in what they were like. How do you get to that situation?
6: So, so I fought that back and forth last year, and I did. I tried to explain that a lot, you know, because obviously I was so familiar with the, you know, the defense that they were running because I ran it in the NFL for sure. many, many years. So when I seen certain things, I was able to say, oh, I know exactly what mistake they made there. Like, let's take the Carolina game. You know, they leave Robbie Anderson wide open. Well, what happened is they were in a coverage that we called uh they called it mix we called it reno whatever it's the same thing and what happened is, is it only activates during slot sets so you got a slot set slot sets for those that don't know is when you have a tight end on the closed side so you got a nub tight end meaning nobody is outside of him and you got the other two wide receivers on the single side so you got one two one in the outside two in the slot trips yep right so you get that set stat activates mix or Reno whatever they wanted to call it so what that means is the corner on the backside that's to the nub side tight end he's going to man his guy he's got him wherever he goes on the front side every coverage gets pushed over so now you got the outside corner who's going to take if the if the number two was to run like a bubble a bubble route, which is like right now to the sideline then that corner outside corner is going to trigger on that and he's going to come down and make the play that's essentially taking away bubbles and then that safety that's in the back he's about 12 yards deep, he's going to go over the top of number one. You're protected on any inward breaking route because you got the linebacker sitting right there and you got your post safety that's looking specifically for post routes or over routes. He's going to take those. So what happened in that situation in the Carolina game is at a certain yard marker is where you have 10. to you have to lock the thing up some people it's 10 it might be 12 it might be eight i don't know specifically what it is when i played it was 10 yards was 10. so uh, <laughs> so the corner so so say that the guy runs let's say number two goes vertical and then he runs a 10 yard out which is right? what he did which yep. is what he did so that outside corner does he take that or does he stay on number one that was what the thing is. He deci- They both decided to take number the, the outward breaking route, leaving number one wide open on their post. Granted, you still should have a post safety, but you should never, ever cut a guy loose. So I think the problem is it was great area there. So what we did when we had those mistakes when I played was if number two don't cross right now, then lock it for the rest of the play. And I think that's some adjustments that they could have made, they should have made. Don't know if they did, but that's how you would address it, and that's how you could cause some Confusion.
1: yeah so i think i was a
6: lot i apologize that was right
1: but but you had that play exactly right so number two did run a 10 yard out and in the way that it was designed or that it was taught in this is that if number two was 10 plus then the safety had number two yep and that greg would then carry one yep and so in that case greg came down as the safety and greg should have stayed correct which he's which he said after that but to me that's when you put kind of those yard markers on it and that obviously in reality, what you're saying is we won't give up the vertical. If they're going to throw it, he's going to have to make that throw far hash to on the out route. Yeah. And that's going to limit, you're going to gain 10 yards maybe, but when we're ahead by nine, it doesn't matter. Take your 10 yards and we'll live another day. It feels like, and I'm so glad you brought you. We got to that because, as somebody who is just you know my i certainly did not play the game like you i have done the best that i can to you know i've been able to watch you do a a great
6: job great job
1: well thank you that means a lot to me to hear you say it. but i ask and so when i hear something like that i think you're right i think it creates a real opportunity for confusion in the sense that if it's nine yards does nine yards look like 10 yards exactly 11 yards so it's almost like there should always be, in my mind, like, look, if there's a gray area
6: – Stay with your man. Just stay deeper than the deepest. That's, that's right. That's and, what you should do. Right? If you're you confused and you don't know – error on the side of giving up the short route so both of them should have just gave up the little out route we can live to see another day but you can't live you won't last long in this league if you give up something beat if you get beat deep or give up something cheap your career as a corner will not be long in this league
1: right and i think greg did had a great job a great season ultimately bouncing back from that but i think part of it too is when you have that kind of a read you're thinking oh maybe our pressure is going to get there he's Mm -hmm. he's thinking he knows our rules. The yep. guy quarterbacked here a After, year ago, yeah.
6: So he's going to throw that out, mm-hmm. and maybe you're you get you get greedy. You get, you get greedy in this in this. But the thing is, when you get things like that for, for that particular that mix or that Reno, whatever you want to call it, you need to you need to talk to that safety in that corner. They need to have a communication. Hey, we and we standing on the forty. If the ball is on the forty, the fifty yard line is where is that? If he goes under fifty, I'm going. If not, stay with yours. You need to have that type of communication to clear things up because if you leave gray area, then you have uh, confusion like that. So, like I said, that's one of those things that happened in those blown coverage. The other one, the other big blown coverage was uh, obviously the Jets game, the Garrett Wilson one. And the way I looked at that when I looked at it from an outside looking in is that obviously 10 guys saw one formation. And, the, and let me explain that to me the empty check changes week to week in, in the NFL. So, one week your empty check might be covered too for the next game. And so, it for might be people, just
1: real quick to jump in. So, when you say empty check, empty check they go to an empty, empty formation yeah, that changes empty, your coverage yeah so how, what are you checking the adjustments exactly for the for so the people so
6: the way it was the confusing part about what the jets did is that they had what we call grave diggers these two tight ends is in a grave digger meaning that they not on the ball they off the ball slightly but they're not in three-point stances they got their hands chippers. Up, yeah, chippers that's what they're chippers so when you look at that some people look at that like that's empty. That might not be considered empty. Other people look at it like that's max protection. Max protection means that it's deeper developed routes. You get your double moves. You get your phase, You get your deep posts. Something like that. So if you, you have to have a, the communication in the secondary like, hey, hey, they in the grave digger. We not checking empty. This is whatever the call is. Or we are running empty to this. So they needed to have that communication. Like I say, 10 people looked at it a different way. All it takes is one person not to see it that way. And I think that's what happened in that. And that's why, you know, 10 people was playing one coverage. The other guy, unfortunately, was playing something totally different. And boom, you give up something beat. It was beat
1: very beat. unfortunate and led to one of the more disappointing yeah. things that we've ever experienced here with the Cleveland Browns. But, again, that kind of goes back to what I was saying. And, and this is something that I hope to kind of tie it all in. is the Pulse of Locker Room, Jim Schwartz is that on some level, right, you can't tolerate that anymore. And I don't care who you are exactly. and what you're paid, but if you do something like that, mm-hmm. then you're not going to play as much. And then hopefully the accountability comes from making sure that we have everything – everything's laid out in a way that we don't have that gray or we don't have that confusion. But, yep. again, it just goes back to you know the situation. Like, don't let him run by you. No Even if you think you're supposed to be playing a cloud flat or whatever yeah. it is and you see him run there – just run with them. Like, what's the worst thing that happens? You would,
6: you would think that you know, at some point, you know, you can't be a robot in this league. You got to be a football player. I mean, yes. you're here on the granddaddy stage of them all. You're at the ultimate stage of football, and you're here for a reason because you you played this game. You've seen a lot of football. You know, in a in a last minute situation, to stay on top of every route. I don't care what the call is. I'm not giving up something deep. So you have at, at some point, the players do have to take some responsibility on that. And even it's been times that I've even been out in huddles and the DC might have called something and we'll look at each other like, yeah, we're not about to run that. That's a terrible call in this situation. And we run our own thing, but as long as everybody's, and we all wrong, then we all right. As long as we make the same call and we all on the same page, I think the defensive coordinator would be okay. If we make it through a play.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And so I think that's one thing to clean up. You mentioned the special teams unit as well. So I want to go back to, kind of talking about what you were there and, and not everybody being on the same page and that now you've got Warren, Juan Thornhill coming in, been mm-hmm. a Super Bowl champion yep. two times with the Kansas City Chiefs, more of a true center field free safety yep. and we're going to play more middle of the field close. So does that kind of help define everything for everybody too when you're in more of, it felt to me like our bus predominantly came in split safety yeah. situations.
6: Yeah, so what happens if you got a post safety, a true post safety And, you know, I think Jim Schwartz runs a lot of three and a lot of one, so we'll be in a lot of post-safety help. Having a true post-safety is – you have you can't be nosy. See, I've I've had the uh, the privilege of being a post safety, and you get. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. It gets sometimes it's boring back there. If you got a good defense, it can get really boring in that sec, in that post because nothing's happening. So you get greedy, you get antsy. It's like I want to make the play. You want to drive you, on that. Yeah, deck. I want I want. That, they yeah. put that they put that cheese right in yeah. your face. That's what, they put that dig in your face yeah. just so you could come up and boom and it hit you hit the post behind you. So if you got a true post safety that understands that my job is to be in a racer on the de- on a break and run or to stop things out of the middle of the field. Like why Thornhill is that it, it makes everything else good because you always know you can trust and believe that you got somebody in the post. So if I'm at corner and he runs a post, it's like, I know that Juan is going to be back there. I'm not worried about it as much because I know this thing's going to get doubled. But if you got a guy who's antsy, you know, and not to throw no shade at J3 or anything like that because he, to me, I think he was kind of out of place playing in the post anyway. And they had two guys who were and, Yeah, they both similar. were box safeties, yeah. you know, wanting to be around the ball and make plays. And you get antsy, so now you giving up things in the post because you want to make a play on the ball. But if you got a true post safety, he's going to do his job, he's going to mind his own business, and he's going to make the plays that come his way. Yeah,
1: and I think that's what we're looking for with this defense and out of this defense because it has an opportunity now with the moves. You started with the coordinator, but we'll talk about the line. Dalvin Tomlinson mm-hmm. comes in and gives you what you need—a defensive tackle. You yes. mentioned the run before. We'll just start right there. What does that do for a defense when you get that 320-pound guy? Now this is going to be an aggressive front, so he's not—he's yeah. not there to eat double teams. He's yeah. there to penetrate and make plays. But how does that help the guys behind and really everybody?
6: So what it does is, you got a guy who's—you know—you think about him. He's a three technique. So a three technique is usually—you know—in that B gap, you know, right on the outside shade of that guard and if you look at jim schwartz jim schwartz runs the wide nine wide nine means that that dn is kind of you know dn is out there but he's a little bit he like two steps farther outside of where he's yep. supposed to be normally so that b gap is wide open now because you you essentially creating another gap if you got a d tackle or a three technique that's sitting in there that's going to put a stop sign on it so say he gets vertical he stops the running back from getting outside of him Now you got those free-flowing linebackers coming over the top to make the plays, and you don't have to worry about the ball getting outside that defensive tackle, especially if he's going to be aggressive like that. So I think Tomlinson is the perfect fit for that right there. He's not a a splash, not a big-name free agent, but he's a productive guy who understands his job and his responsibility, and he's going to get the job done.
1: And I think you hit the nail on the head. That's kind of – when you look (laughs) at this defense, though, you've got the talent, you just need to – do it. Just be – Yeah, just if do If we're it. sound, That's it. we're going to be very difficult I mean, to move the ball against.
6: I mean, last year, if this defense just, you know, did their job and handled their responsibility, we're looking at so many more wins that we would have had. You know, it's been times, you know, people can say what they want about the offense, but they've had leagues throughout this whole season last year. They were up in a lot of games, and oh, they yes. kind of just let the thing get away. If that defense can just hold teams and just do their job, play sound defense, we will win a lot more games that way. Yeah,
1: and I think, you know, you hope that Dalvin Thompson helps you be stout. As you said, freeze up your linebackers who, mm-hmm. generally speaking, are undersized yeah. relative to some but others. But if you've got the, the
6: defensive tackles that's keeping them offensive alignment off of them, they free-flowing, they can get to the ball, and they can get there fast.
1: Yeah, and then you've got the, the great corner trio. You've got Grant and now Juan Thornhill, so you've got a good secondary. You should be able to pressure the passer in obvious passing situations. Yep. You should be able to cover. Mm-hmm. And so this, that's it, what you need to do to be it, good at this Listen,
6: for the past few years, it's always sound good on paper. We just mm-hmm. got to see it put into action. And I think Jim Schwartz is the guy that can get it out of all of these guys.
1: When you are a Jim Schwartz, you've won a Super Bowl. You have sent guys to the Pro Bowl everywhere you've been. You are well regarded for your ability to coach a defense. You know, I think one of the things that people don't realize, and you said it earlier, you, players aren't robots. And players in many cases are in their early twenties, mm-hmm. many of them are millionaires. Yes, and so I think people don't put themselves in the shoes of what it would be like if they themselves are not. On- they're not honest about what they <laughs> no, would have been like. Of course, they not. If they were a twenty-year-old millionaire, <laughs> I, I think most people would be difficult. It is. So, does a guy like Jim Schwartz? Does that credibility that he brings and kind of his attitude, which is very much going to be no
6: nonsense, kind of get in some guys' yeah. butts? Is that kind of what? you need at times so what you what you need is first you do need that 1000 percent. you need a guy to come in and set the tone easily um but it also determines on the player you know it's this is a player thing why do you play this game? You know, some people play this game for money reasons. I just want to make money to, you know, take care of my family. Or some people play it because I want to be great. I want to go to the Hall of Fame. So what are you doing to be great? You know, some people get in the league and they get complacent. And that's the craziest You about that right
1: before you came man. Yeah,
6: you get complacent in life, man. And 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 you, you think that you arrive, and as soon as you do, boom, you get cut. And so you got to come in this thing and take this job seriously because this thing can – Pass you right by. You could be on the outside looking in, and I don't want any player to be there. So, when you, why you there, and you got the opportunity, and you're employed, make sure that you're going in there every single day and doing everything you can I mean leave no stone left unturned if it's watch extra film do it if it's spending time after practice to do some extra drills just to make sure that you Chris do it because you never know when that opportunity is going to come in the game and this team is going to need you to step up and make that play so you need to be ready for those opportunities and I think that you know we heard John Johnson talking about that last year you know he he gave out the you know guys aren't doing the extra things when they when the you know when three o'clock or four o'clock yep. is up and and There's no way that you're going to be great in this game. If, you, if you're if you not taking what you do in the building outside at home, like for myself, I started one game in the NFL, and that was against the, the Oakland Raiders at the time. That entire week, I did nothing but watch film all day long. But you know what? I was so prepared for that game. Nathan, it is no better feeling than going in a game and being able to say, this is what's coming, and it happens. It's like, it's a feeling that I wish every player could have. Like, just to know what a team is trying to do and knowing how to stop it. Oh, oh, man, you should
1: do it. Just do it. Trust me. (laughs) But that's, I think you you hit on something that is, you know, just from getting to be around Joe Thomas so much and listening to the way that he approached everything. If you really want to be great in this game, it's a lifestyle. It is. It is a complete dedication to the pursuit of that greatness. Whether it's watching film, bonding with your guys, and talking ball with them so that they know mm-hmm. what you're thinking without you having to tell them what you're thinking, so you guys are all kind of seeing through the same eyes. And that's how I, you approach everything. I'm sure you do the same now when you come yes, to I'm, do broadcasting. For me, with a game, yeah, <laughs> on Sundays, like I don't. What I, my biggest fear is, I don't want every somebody. I want some, never want somebody to say. He doesn't know what he's talking about or he wasn't prepared for this scenario. Right.
6: That's the scariest thing. So you want to be able, if it doesn't work out, listen, if you put in all the work and it doesn't work out, you can at least look yourself in the mirror. Because that's what it's about at the end of the day. Can you look yourself in the mirror and say, I honestly did everything I tried. I did everything I was supposed to do. And it just, obviously I just wasn't good enough. That's okay. That's part of life. But if you sitting there with regret, it's going to eat at you for the rest of your life.
1: I do think there's an interesting balance between the people that are wired that way. In, in my kind of decade and now this will be my eleventh season around you know the NFL mm-hmm. and around the Browns. And then yeah. there are people that I think are afraid to do that because they can at least always say them like they don't ever want to get to the point where yeah. they say, I wasn't good enough when I did everything. So it's if just... I leave something in the tank, <laughs> then I would what
6: that's just part of what it. What if I did this? Listen, it's always, this league is always looking for cheaper and younger, and it's always some guy, somebody out there that's looking to take your job that's hungrier than you. So you got to make sure that you're doing everything you can, and you can't give them that satisfaction. If I'm always on my A game and I'm doing the best I can every day, there's no way that you're taking my job from me. And that's, it's a competitive thing. You have to compete with your mind. It's a mindset thing. And like I said, hopefully Jim Schwartz can store that into this defense and Bubba on this, on this special there's team no unit as well.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt because I mean, Bubba. It, I just got to be around him. We did Jim Donovan and I did an event with called Meet the Coaches mm-hmm. uh, for some of the partners. So it was all the coordinators and Stefanski, and like Schwartz is a phenomenal talker, and and a, you could he has a presence about. Him. And then Bubba Ventrone is just like
3: legit. Like, just <laughs> like, like, right, I'm jealous. i feel dude, jealous. <laughs> this dude, you're like
1: this guy. This guy's legit. I mean, he stayed in the league for a decade playing special teams. Like you've got to be wired a little bit differently than everybody yes, else, do. and you got to be tough, and you've got to be. Mm-hmm. Because they always want cheaper there. For sure. They don't sure. want a 10 year veteran yeah. special team. For teams. sure. So because
6: they feel like anybody, if you're fast and strong, we can just replace you. But if you got, if you making plays, there's no way that they can replace you.
1: Exactly right. That's the key. All right. We're not replacing anybody. We still got a, almost a half hour to go here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of the additions on the offensive side of the ball. We got some fact or fiction. We might take some calls. You also can tweet your questions for Tyvis using the hashtag uh, askcbd at browns underscore daily. Nathan Zagar, Tyvis Powell, Clean Daily brought to you by. BallyBet coming soon to Ohio.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: All right, welcome back to Clean Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio. Nathan Segura and Tyvis Powell in the studio here at the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea. All right, Tyvis, let's talk offense. We talked a lot about defense. Mm-hmm. Offense. One of the things that I'm sure you know, you were sitting there. You've been around some great defenses in your time. Browns very effective. Yeah. For a good portion of the season, we were top ten offense. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a scary offense no. in the sense that you weren't worried about somebody running by you.
6: The only person that you really worried about was, was Amari Cooper routing you and making you look bad on the route. Yeah, And Nick Chubb potentially running over you. That, that was the two scariest things.
1: Yeah, that DPJ obviously has really ascended here. David Njoku's a good player, but we didn't have a space creator. And so Andrew Barry knew that was something they needed to address. Yep. You make the trade for Elijah Moore, which I love. I loved him at Ole Miss. I think he's – you go watch the end of his rookie season. I'm he's got right great tape.
6: You. Right there with you.
1: That changes the calculus a little bit. We're going to play a lot more eleven, mm-hmm. and now you're saying, "Oh, Amari, we can't leave him singled up." But now Elijah Moore can run bias. Yep. DPJ is very good against single coverage as well. The chief, if you give him space in the middle of the field, is a very productive player. Yes, he is. And now you have Nick Chubb against lighter boxes. So just by being able to be a dangerous eleven team, mm-hmm. I think it changes everything for this offense. Well, it
6: definitely changes the mindset. Now you got guys that can go. You know, it's like. Everybody can win their one-on-one battles in this thing. You know, you, you think about the run game. Obviously, the the offensive line got a huge chip on their shoulder. We want to make sure that Nick Chubb gets the yardage that he can get. Plus, Nick Chubb can break tackles, and he can be very effective and win games. Then you think about the passing game. You think about all those wide receivers that you name. You know, you, you think about Elijah Moore. And people will say it's the pushback is his numbers aren't really that great. And I and I I hear what you're saying, but if you got guys like uh AJ Brown who's coming out saying, This guy's gonna be better than me, you got a Odell who's saying, Man, this guy is really, really good. You know, it's something there. The talent is there. Maybe he just weren't wasn't utilized correctly. That's that's part of a thing as well. So obviously the Zach Wilson thing wasn't great with them in the Jets, so you didn't get to see him a lot. But this guy does win. I remember when we played when the Jets played the Browns, he had a route against Denzel where he ran a 10-yard snap route, where it was a 10-yard out route, and the way he snaps in and out of his break, he creates the separation needed for any quarterback to get him the ball. So that right there is something that's going to help him win. Just his route running ability is going to help him win routes. And now, oh, by the way, he runs a 4-3. Now I got to back up. I can't flat foot this guy because he'll run right past me. I think that everything that it'll all come together as long as Deshaun Watson comes out and if he looks even close to the guy he was in Houston, which he gave us glimpses of it, so it's still there. Now that he'll be working with Kevin Stefanski for more than six games, he'll be with a whole core wide receivers that build that chemistry this offense should really be able to go next year yeah there are <laughs> i couldn't agree more there no, are no the excuses only th- obviously the only thing is we we need great play from jedrick wills we, that is one thing that we do because if if he if the left tackle position isn't solidified and you know things is not looking well it can't make a long season
1: it can but i think you're if Deshaun is close one we, we did see glimpses of it and mm-hmm. i think i certainly was guilty of it i underestimated because I saw him out here at practice and yeah. how good he would look. Yeah. I underestimated what it would take to play. And then we got we would get teased with it every week. There'd yep. be certain plays or throws, you know, the, the far um the far hash sideline ball to Amari, the post to D P J in Cincinnati where you're like and D P J was like that or the dig, deep dig, he's like, That ball caught me.
6: Yeah. Where are you saying? Is there? we've oh, it, never seen this stuff. And and then on top of that, obviously you know when he does the escapability thing when he breaks those sacks and he's scrambling around it's like our receivers weren't used to it they so, not so they ne- neither was our line and neither was our line we got a bunch of holding calls and the receivers didn't understand that you know you, it's scramble drill whatever if you go deep come back short if you got a short route go deep you know that's the thing now that you got like an elijah moore imagine checking him for for six seconds and then all Can't of a sudden it. he taken off again all the way up the field and he just chucks something deep like it's a lot on a DB's body to be able to check a guy like Elijah Moore so that right there is it, it, it like I say his numbers aren't great but with a great quarterback like Deshaun Watson he can extend to be a top talent in his league
1: I just go back and and what I've been watching when I watched Elijah Moore the final 6 games of his rookie season when he was Playing and and being featured, mm-hmm. six for sixty seven, seven for eighty four and two touchdowns, three for forty four and a touchdown, eight for one forty one and a touchdown, four for forty six, six for seventy seven and a touchdown. He was getting real targets. He was getting you know six to uh, twelve targets a game. Very productive number. Very productive, but <laughs> <right? very> consistently <laughs> yeah. five touchdowns in the six games. Hundred yard game. You know he was over eighty yards three of the the final five games. Six or more catches. You know four times in those six games. That is the element that he can bring to this football team and and you know then you bring in marquise goodwin
6: yeah oh can, i know him <laughs> I he to, can fly i got to play it with him for for many years yeah that guy right there is a. Uh, obviously he got the olympian speed um he had a really productive like few games with the Seattle Seahawks last yeah. year. I mean, this, the guy's only like five nine, five ten, but he attacks the football. And obviously, like I say, that speed is always something that a DB has to respect. Two things that every DB respects is speed and route running. If you got those two things, the the DB is already a little bit worried. So, um, Marquise Goodwin brings that to the table. You know, he's not a – I don't think he's an every-down wide receiver, but he's a guy that when he's in there, be on high alert because this guy can absolutely go. Well, and it alerts the defense. And yeah. all
1: of a sudden they're saying, oh, we're going to roll the safety in his direction. And now you've got one-on-one Once. with Amari, yep. one-on-one with Elijah Moore, who was percentage-wise as good as Amari against mm-hmm. man coverage last year. I mean, the thing – the stat for Moore that's crazy to me is I saw he had 36 catchable balls thrown to him last year. Only 36. <laughs> he caught 37 passes. So he had one of the highest catch rates in the league in terms of converting balls that were catchable into catch. It doesn't drop the ball. You know, and you mentioned the speed. This is a play that I was just I was kicking a gander at. And this was when we played Pittsburgh. This was Jalen Dar now the slot running a post. And so we ended up getting a big thirty yard crosser to Amari underneath it because That speed you saw Minka Fitzpatrick say, "Whoa, this guy's kind of fast." He runs and it opens it up, and and we only got that in a a glimpse, you know, at the end of the season last year. But now you're going to have multiple guys that can do that all the time. You have the ability with a good one, even if he plays, gives you a (laughs) twenty plays a game. Yeah, he's going to impact. Coverages for twenty plays.
6: Because when you see Marquise Goodwin, the first thing you think of is Olympian. So you're already backing off right there. And that's what from an offensive mindset, that's what we want. Now we got room for Amari Cooper to work. We got room for DPJ to run that famous dig route that he runs. You yep. don't have to worry about a safety flat footing it and trying to beat two guys. So that right there, the Browns, like I said, they haven't made the big name. Elijah Moore, you can call him a big name. I think he is. But I was but I it, loved him. they haven't made, like, the, the the guy who everybody's like, oh, that's a big time-free agent. Like, they didn't do that. But they got some productive guys that's going – who they're going to utilize correctly to make this whole thing go. And they did it for a couple million dollars. That's it. They stayed you, – now, you know they the king when it comes to that cap room. Like Andrew Barry, there's not many guys like that. I don't and know. I
1: think he's the king for trading. I mean, to give up – they wanted – the Jets wanted a third-round pick for Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. You give him a second – take their third back yeah so you're not even losing a pick you're just losing some spots the value on those new charts has that in the mid fourth round and you got elijah moore
6: exactly so you is
1: listen I, they, it, yeah he's he's, he's he's a wizard on the trade yeah i'd be i would be like wait no no mm-mm, not if you want it that's how it is for me sometimes in my fantasy football these because i used to do fantasy football professionally yeah and so i'll call up you know and try to make a trade with somebody and they're like well yeah but if you want them
6: then, you, I, then you know? I don't want to trade. Yeah.
1: I'm not trading. I don't want. to. Yeah, I don't want. So I have to overpay in my trades to get anything done there. Uh, yeah. So I, I think you talked about you know preparing for a game. The one that you started. If you're preparing for a Browns team now that can come out with Amari, DPJ, Goodwin, or Elijah, David Njoku, and then you have to worry about. Oh wait. So now we're in a six man box. Yeah. And then here comes Nick Chubb. He's Absolutely. going to get to you at that, that at that center field spot at some point, and that's going to be a tough scenario.
6: That's where it gets scary. Yeah. So, the, if I was to go against the Cleveland Browns today, you know, the first thing I would do is obviously we we have to stop the run. That that's that's first and foremost. And then secondly, I would definitely lean at the beginning of the season. They're going to lean towards Amari Cooper because you need to see Elijah Moore prove it to you first. You need to see it. So right now we're going to put the one-on-one coverage on Elijah Moore, but we have to have a plan for Mark Cooper because we know what he brings to the table. Probably at halftime, I might I'm gonna have to make some adjustments. If Elijah Moore turns out to be that guy, like we think he can be, and Deshaun Watson is looking good, it, it can be a long day for that defense because the Browns have too many weapons. You know, now if you're going in six box, now you're giving Nick Chubb what he wants, and in this league, you got a pass to run the ball. So if the passing game is good and we lighten the ball, lighten the box up, now Nick Chubb is like, oh yes, yeah, it's, it's my time. Oh, by the way, if the Browns is winning, now they got time to bleed the clock out. Sure. Now now we playing catch up and we ain't got a lot of time to catch up. So it's really a dream scenario right now for the Cleveland Browns offense.
1: It feels to me like Kevin Stefanski has been so good with his offensive design and play calling that we've been able to be a top 10 offense when nobody really was afraid of us throwing the football. Yeah. And to say that in the years 2020 through 2022 is kind of insane.
6: Yeah. Actually, it is, actually.
1: I mean, that's just not what the game is supposed to be. Now, you finally have that quarterback, and you said it, too, as a defense, right? Your first mindset is going to be to stop Nick Chubb. If if that's a team's mindset and we've got Watson and Amari and DPJ and Moore and Goodwin and, and the Chief yeah, with Deshaun Watson as a quarterback, we should be annihilating people. I mean, the days of people putting <laughs> nine guys up there and saying Nick Chubb's not going to beat us are over. Yeah, pretty
6: much. Like, But, but Deshaun Watson has got to come out it. and prove it. That's the thing. It, very early on in the season, a lot of people are still going to go with the we got to stop Nick Chubb thing. If Deshaun Watson plays like the $230 million man like we think he is, then it's, it's going to be – they will keep defensive coordinators up at night trying to figure out how to stop this thing. Right,
1: because you can't – ultimately, you can't take away anything. You talk about it in a coverage situation. Every coverage has a weak spot. Yeah. That's typically where the ball goes. So, there isn't a defense. If you have all the answers, it really doesn't – the offense is going to be able to be productive anyway.
6: Yeah, and if they – if you're willing to give up the short routes, but you got a guy like Elijah Moore who's good on yak, like <laughs> – Take it, right? It, it's it's a lie. It, it could be – this thing could get uh, – early real late i mean this is woo wee i it's very exciting to think about it cuz like i say it's not the big name but the productivity is there and i see the vision behind what they're trying
1: to do well and you said it separation is what keeps guys who can separate uh, provide they can catch the ball yeah. right but if you can separate and catch the ball, you can play in this league for a long well, time. Well, I think
6: about a guy like David Bell. You know, David Bell. He doesn't have the fastest forty, but if he but he catches a lot of great passes, so if that's the case, he get that route running down. This guy could be an, uh, a killer in the slot for a lot for many many years to come. Yeah, he just got to play fast,
1: play, and that should in your second year, right? That yeah. Be...
6: Or second, they say the biggest adjustment is first to second year, so we should see the the, the David Bell this season.
1: Yeah, it's going to be hard to, for a receiver, I think, to get playing time. I think that's going to be an interesting and, and, thing. And that's
6: another reason why you bring in these guys. You want to create that competition. Right. If I'm going up against somebody every day and this guy – they brought this guy – if I'm the starting wide receiver, so say I'm David Bell, and I see that they traded for Elijah Moore, they brought in Marquise Goodwin, it's going to make me step my game up because I want to play. Like, I, I'm not here to just, you know, wave a towel on the sideline. I want to play. So every day you're getting the best out of me every single day – and it's good because they're doing the same thing. So everybody's getting better. And at the end of the day, it is only one ball, so so the best man's going to win. But at least you know that you gave it your all. It goes back to what I was saying earlier.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be fun. I can't wait for training camp. That's the hard part is that this happens and we get you these We're all excited. we got to wait forever. <laughs> to see little, it o-
6: OTAs. You've got a preview it OTAs. A little
1: look in OTAs. Yeah, a little look, no doubt. All right, we'll be back with more Cleveland Rounds Daily brought to you by BallyBet coming soon to Ohio.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: All right, for a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk & Elk Elk is a proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. All right, Gibbe. Apparently you said we're loaded up with questions. By the way, I noticed yesterday... You acted like we were out of mailbag questions, and there was a very gibbe specific question that was asked <laughs> that somehow didn't get asked.
2: Well, I mean, when you're hosting the mailbag segment, oh, you have screening you can powers. Choose. I guess we were uh, out apparently of time. so. I got in my car and I saw that, and I just started laughing. I was like, <laughs> I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go back and look it yeah. up,
1: especially man. if it was a question like that about me. First one you would have asked. Yes, 100. Truth. Right. I was like, Listen, I don't mind it. We we all understand where
2: we're coming well, from. Well, no, I I just like I don't I don't know. In fairness, I saw it. I knew it, and I'm like, I.
3: I'm it was sure. i have sure done some dumb things. The most in the embarrassing booth.
1: thing you've ever done in the booth. I don't know that you've done anything embarrassing, but there's just there. We have I've done of some funny dumb stories. Things.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I blatantly lied to you one day in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> so hurtful. <laughs> hurtful. I'm still in therapy. Um, Let's see. Outstanding X's and O's talk, gentlemen. Info galore. I love it. One question, if I may. I hope more contracts are restructured a little bit. This is from the really big bar. I like it. What do you think? Thanks, Dennis, from Loudonville.
6: Well, I think it depends on if they see somebody out there that they're trying to go get, then they have to restructure to create some room for them. But if they don't need to do it, then let let it be what it is.
1: I think that. You still have the ability there, guys. You could restructure Amari. You could restructure Miles. You Mm -hmm. could restructure Denzel. You could restructure Batonio or Teller if you wanted to create cap space this year. Now, the other benefit in creating cap space this year would be to roll it forward for the future years. But you're still in pretty good shape here. Yeah. I do think that you're going to have to do something again because you can't absorb a $60 million cap hit on Deshaun Watson. So that contract is, I think, going to be... Not perpetually restructured, but it's going to be continually kind of kicked down the line. And he's he's going to get all of his money. Oh, yeah. That's
6: that's never going to change. That's not
1: going to change. It's just going to be kind of the timing of how that money gets paid out and converting things to bonuses and affecting the cap. Things like that. Uh, And the Browns also will have about $10 million infused into the cap after June 1st when John Johnson and Mm. Clowney come off the book. So I've always said that if they don't necessarily need to restructure and they may say that that's valuable to carry forward for next year when we have to pay some bigger bills or – They could say, yes, bless you. They could say veteran defensive end, veteran, you know, Frank Clark, for example, if he doesn't sign somewhere, veteran defensive tackle, somebody who really wasn't interested in OTAs and whatnot. That's, we'll of,
6: that's the vet move. For yeah, we'll for have those $10 million
1: <laughs> if you want to come into training camp and be a part of this thing. That I think that's where, if they were to add another real piece, that's, I think, where it
6: would happen. Yeah, and I think it would come, like you said, closer to training camp. You got to go through OTAs, see what you got. You know, if, maybe, Lord forbid it is any injuries, but injuries might play a part of it, and then you have to go get a guy. But right now, I think they're pretty content where they're at. Yeah, and you
1: want to see, it's your point in OTAs, like, you look at your defensive end room right now, it's Miles, it's 007, it's Alex Wright, it's Isaiah Thomas. Has does Alex Wright taken a big step? He was always considered yeah. a guy that was going to take a year or so. Yeah. Does he look like a new guy? Yeah. Because if he does. then we're good. Then we're in a real good spot.
2: All right, this is from JOK MVP, Mr. Powell.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's Mr. from me. Powell. Oh. Yeah.
2: When you played, how much benefit do you think you would have gained by occasionally spending time – in the room that you lined up against. And this goes back to a conversation. Anthony Walker Jr. joined us right at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. He just signed his new contract. Um, he mentioned when he was on IR, he was spending time with the offense and yeah. in the offensive meetings and giving his input on some things and learning some stuff. Should the Browns push more players to do
6: it? Well, the thing they you yeah, you should be able to, but the thing is, It's so much that goes into you perfecting your own craft and trying to learn your own playbook and learn the adjustments that you got to make that you just don't have the time. But luckily for a guy like me, when I was young, you know, I dealt with guys like Doug Baldwin in Seattle or Jermaine Kurse And these guys were always teaching me things about the game of football. You know, wide receivers are looking to do this. So you got to try to play it like this. So I was getting, you get that when you go against, you know, scout team guys or when you go against older guys that's trying to teach you how to be a better player. They'll teach you, you know, what the wide receiver for my or the offense or defense is trying to do, and that's just coming with uh, just understanding football. You know, when you look at the game of football, like for me now, you just look and you can you can see what an offense is trying to do to a defense. You know, it's all about creating those one-on-one matchups and exploiting those those weaknesses. And if you understand that and understand what the weakness of your defense is, you'll always succeed.
2: Like uh, we got
6: about a minute left. Favorite story from playing at Ohio State. My favorite story from playing at Ohio State. Oh, you know what? I I, would, I had one, but I can't say that one. <laughs> I can't say that one because he, <laughs> the dude, played here, so I can't. I won't say that one. Uh my favorite story playing at Ohio State. It's your favorite story. Nah, I can't because it's it's okay. I tell you off the air. You can't. It's okay. not. It's not for, it's it's not for radio. Um, uh, probably. My favorite story would be when we played Penn State, not the year Saquon was there because that was the worst story, but the year before that, you know, we went up to Happy Valley, um, night game, obviously, and we had Joey Bosa had that walk-off sack at the end, but it was my favorite game because we were up and then things got bad, then our quarterback got hurt, but he stayed in the game, and I just got to witness that no matter what happened during that game, we refused to lose that game. And that's when I realized the type of players that I was playing with. And I was like, oh, I can ride out with these guys forever. So that's my favorite story. And that's a quick little addition of the
2: mailbag, unfortunately. We've it got a ton of other questions.
1: but So much more to come with Tyvis Powell. Clem Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet coming soon to Ohio. <laughs>
0: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to the Browns
1: Daily, brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio. Nathan Zagura, Tyvis Powell, wrapping it up here. Tyvis, this has been a pleasure. It
6: has been. Thank you, man, for allowing me to come on and share oh, some time with you, man. Yeah. This was uh, it was great. I still got that fire in me.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, we gotta talk some more ball. This was a lot of fun. Give me what's coming up the rest of the week as I head off to La La Land for a little WrestleMania.
2: So tomorrow, a little me and Poizal for hour one. Oh baby. Hour two, we've got some stuff. Uh, you and our new safety. Yeah, Juan Thornhill. Um, sure. A couple interviews from the Combine. Okay. Uh, Charles Davis. We've never yeah. played the matzo ball. Oh, man. Charles. Yes. Elite. Broadcast 101 for all of you journalism students. Yeah, for sure. Friday, we're we we
1: off. Friday, we're off. So yeah, that's it. UNAP. The ECT Nana's AP. for Nana's excited for you, Okay, so he sounds like such a nice young man. That's what Nana said about Anthony Poiseau. He's like, he is a nice guy. He is, he is a, a nice guy. guy. For sure, Tyvis. Where can people catch up with you? Follow what you're doing.
6: Well, I'm always on Twitter at one Tyvis, Instagram one Tyvis, uh, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show Wednesdays eleven to 1, 97 one the fan. Usually on Fridays and Saturdays six to eight, um, and you can actually check out my podcast, The Orange Is Oranger with Holly Wetzel. All right,
1: there it is. Full full list of plugs right there for Tyvus Powell. Busy man <laughs> in the broadcasting community. Well, this was a blast. Uh, everybody have a great first Friday. The next level is next. For Tyvus Powell, for Jason Gibbs, Nathan Zagert, saying thanks for listening to another edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on ESPN 850 WKNR.
0: You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.